Nej, det står. Åh. Sahana Bhavatu Sahana Bhavatu Sahana Bhavatu Sahana this week's group discussion. Does anyone have a question, clarification from Sunday's class? What we just what we covered? Practical exercises of how to develop intellect or any of the other topics that we talked about. Introversion, extroversion, desires, vasanas, animals, vasanas, and uh, humans. This is your class on Wednesday, so if anybody has any question or clarification, then this is the best place to take it up. Runabin, you had a question? Um, yes, I did. But that was last week, the one I sent you. Okay. So did you want to discuss that? Uh, unless if anybody else has a question. Cause, sorry, I just want to get my book, so I missed the beginning. No, and we haven't covered anything yet. Okay, so I think that was a very in-depth one, but can I ask another lighter question, please, to say sure. uh, this pratna that we do at the beginning, would yeah. you mind uh, explaining that, please, the kind of meaning and... Sure. Please, yeah. No problem. Who's got the English translation of it? Who's got the English translation of that button? Let's see if I've got it. I think we did we not send it around to everyone? The English translation. I'll look on the group. Yeah, I have it. It's on the group. Um, yeah. Media. Was the explanation there as well? No, it would be just a translation. Okay. What's the translation, uh, Egna? Can you tell us the translation of that? Uh, yeah. Uh, so it says, um, May he protect us both. May he cause us to enjoy. May we strive together. May our study become brilliant. May we not become disputatious. Om, peace, peace, peace. Okay. Let's repeat the first line. Om, may he? Protect us both. Okay. So what do you, why do we do this prayer? Any ideas? 
Why do you do this prayer every time before any class? It's an invocation. Yeah, absolutely. It's an invocation. So what is the invocation for? You, you're inviting the deity. Inviting the deity. Deity is in us, within us. Ah, okay. <laughs> I am the deity. <laughs> you are the deity. You are here now, so we can continue. <laughs> no, generally, you're absolutely right. Generally, when we do it, Prayer is to bring in the deity when we're doing a ritual of some sort. We do a prayer, so we we invite the deities. But we do this before every class. So Siddle said, "Om represents the self." We start most or most prayers are started with the the word "Om." So why do we pray? Why do we to say this prayer every time. May he protect us. May he allow us to enjoy, strive together. Then it's got peace, peace, peace. Think about it. Is it to um pray obviously to clear our mind to focus um, obviously peace 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 shanti three times is um, reference to the three elements effectively mind body and intellect okay good it's a good um, effort you're on the right track what? anybody else what would uh... I think where it says may we not become disputations is to like um, the, the class should be done in a peaceful, harmonious way and not get involved in arguments about it, but come to peaceful conclusions. Yep, absolutely right. So we've covered that line. When we are studying together, let's not argue, let's be calm, peaceful, work it out. First of all, think about normally these classes, where did they take place thousands of years ago? Where would these classes be taking place? Ashrams, religious places, mm -hmm. education establishments. Thousands of years ago. Outside into the wilderness. Wilderness. That's right. In the jungle, or you know, if the guru is staying in a cave, there'll be a group of people with him who are there to serve him during the day, and they have satsang, and uh, he has a discourse in the evening outside, probably with candlelight or something like that, in the outside elements. Om may he protect. God protect us. May he, en may he enjoy. 
let's have a decent discussion. We all enjoy it. Peaceful, calm, and we get something positive out of it. Strive together. What does strive together mean? Put effort in together. Put effort in together. Share our ideas, help each other. No ego. I know more than you. Work together, which is what we're doing. And Arun Aben covered the fourth one. No arguments. Let's agree to disagree. Isn't that the term, Meghna? Let's agree to disagree. So we have our differences, but still let's be good about it. And the last three, peace, peace, peace. Remember, it's in the outside elements. Three pieces. So peace, peace, peace in this situation, in this particular prayer, what it means is that we have no agitations internally, externally, you know, you're in the jungle, animals are roaming around. No, so no animals come and agitate us, you know, lion wandering by or something. And internal shanti, that we are calm and peaceful while we're doing the satsang or this group of satsang. No agitations in, within and externally. So that's why it's three. And when we do at the end, shanti, shanti, we do shanti loud, then shanti, then shanti. The last one is for internal. The, the first one is external for anything external. And the middle, the middle piece is for the group, <clears throat> in the group. So there's no, basically, let us have a good class and uh, we go through it harmoniously without any issues. And that's what the prayer is for. Is that okay, Aramid? Yeah, sure. Okay, I've just found this. Uh, and it says on this Om Sahana Navatu prayer. Yeah. It's, re it's reading like this. I'm reading from a book. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It says, Om, may he protect us both. May he cause us to, en to enjoy. Yeah. May we strive together. May our study become brilliant. May we not become disputatious. Argumentative. Yeah, it says, Om, peace, peace, peace. Mm. This is what it says, but it's, it's more to what I've read. It's like about two pages. Yeah, I've abbreviated it purely for our class, for the prayer. Uh, it is by... Uh, yeah, I know it's in there. I didn't have the reference book 
because this okay. question was asked ad hoc, otherwise okay. I was prepared for it. So I just um, explained what it means to us in the class. Okay. In a nutshell. But thank you for the reference. It's in the book, um, Hindu, um, the symbolism of Hindu gods and rituals, if anybody wants to go into more detail. I've just sort of covered the crux of it. Because you got because it's there, you can anyone can read it. Any other questions or clarifications? Your own personal studies. Nobody has a question. Sorry, did I hear someone? Yeah, Shalom. No, it's okay. I was talking to myself. Okay, no problem. Talk to us all. This is good discussion. Is there any points that anyone wants me to cover that we've covered before? We're going to go into more depth now with the next uh, topic. So um, you will have to put a little bit of effort into thinking about it because it does take a lot of uh, thought process to understand what the concepts from today onwards, all the concepts we're going to be covering are going to be quite abstract and deep. So you will have to put in effort, preferably in the morning, to, to, to get the maximum out of it. You can't just catch, you can't just get it in a one and a half hour class. If no one else wants to ask something, I was, can Please. ask something then. Go ahead. So I was reading the book and because I missed a few lessons, the same book. Yeah. Uh, on page 140, the aggressive and the passive. Can you give and, us chapter number and topic? Because in my book, oh it's yeah, a different sorry. page. It's chapter seven, Light of Wisdom, and it's on the aggressive and the passive. Okay. And when I was reading this, you know, it said things like um, a passive person functioning from the mental levels lives by his feelings rather than reason and judgment. And he does not think, discriminate with his intellect. So, and then I wish I'd written the question down. All I've written down here is question for Wednesday. Um, Which uh, paragraph was it? So on, so it's going, when it starts the aggressive and the passive, there's this diagram. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought we, it would be nice to look, discuss the diagram and, but also to discuss when it follows on from, I think it's paragraph one, two, three, four, three, midway three, you know, it explains how the passive person follows blindly the life of his family predecessors and such passivity may lean towards good or bad mm -hmm. and I thought it was very um, kind of making a judgment about how we live you know if we incline to live a passive life and an aggressive life so I, I just thought it'd be better to just get an understanding of what you know you, you how would you explain that basically 
Okay. Anybody uh, remember aggressive and the passive chapter seven? So let me read uh, a bit, a little bit of it. Maybe we'll come back to some uh, some of you. The aggressive and the passive. The nature of human beings falls into two broad classifications: <coughs> the aggressive and the passive. The aggressive are those who use the intellect in life's activities or the pa passive operate from the level of their mind. Again, each of these can be classified as good or bad. Thus, there are the aggressive good and aggressive bad persons. Likewise, the passive good and passive bad, as illustrated below. So, what's the difference between the two? What's the difference between the two? Do you remember, Ravi? One would be making decisions based on emotions and the mind. Yeah. Uh, and making, well, in layman's term, near-jerk reaction. And the other one would be contemplating, questioning, and using the intellect more. Okay. Which one's which? Um, the passive is the mind one, is it? Yeah. And then the crossover a bit, don't they? The aggressive is the person who uses the intellect. intellect. Yeah. But as I say, it's good and bad, depending how you apply it. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody wants, else wants to add anything to that? Do you understand that? The difference between the two? Aggressive is someone who uses their intellect. And passive is someone who uses the mind to, to function in the world. Enough understanding of mind and intellect now. Now, within those two categories, a person who uses their intellect and acts, or a person using their mind and acting, there are two categories, good and bad. So there's aggressive good and aggressive bad, passive good and passive bad. The fact that a person uses his intellect doesn't mean they're good. The fact that a person goes by their mind doesn't mean they're good or they're bad. It could be either. See, a bank robber wants to rob a bank. He uses his intellect to think, to plan how to do it. He's using his intellect, but for negative, for bad reason. Just finding my notes from that class, by the way, so that's what I'm, uh, so I can give you more knowledge on that. So this is um, the differentiation between the two. A human being is made up of aggressive and passive people. Passive is a person who uses their mind, and it could be good or bad. And aggressive is someone who uses their intellect, who can be good or bad. Now, the goal of life <laughs> is to become aggressive good. How do you become aggressive good? Any idea? How do you become aggressive good? 
Toby, any idea? No. Well, you think before you actions. You don't react to or make decisions on your emotion, so you don't get emotional over it. And also, you're not looking for reward in any action you take, but you're thinking yeah. about it. So thinking about the higher as such always. Okay. You, you, you're right there. So to become aggressive good, you need to have good understanding of life, a higher understanding of life, which is what our scriptures are. Bhagavad Gita, that what we're studying now. So to, first of all, to become aggressive good, you need to develop the intellect and use the intellect, the overcoming the mind. You're not making decisions on your emotions, your likes and dislikes. So then you develop your intellect. Now you've got an intellect, you're smart. You think before you take any action. Now, what are you gonna use this intellect for? To become a good human being, develop yourself spiritually, or a good human being. You don't have to develop yourself spiritually to become a good human being. Do service, sacrifice, or you're going to use your intellect to cheat, to take advantage of people, Use your brains to make money the negative way. Now you're being aggressive, using your intellect, but you're a bad person. So therefore, develop the intellect and then you need to apply that intellect down the spiritual path. Overcome the mind's desires, follow the scriptures, learn the scriptures and follow that path. So that's in a nutshell no, thank what you. that stands for. So basically we've all, we've all got these um, traits as such. We've got, <laughs> you know, aggressive good, aggressive bad, passive good and passive bad. And like you said, the goal is to become more aggressive good. Yes, that is the goal. Right. So, and we've explained why. Yeah. Aggressive and passive have a special connotation derived by the use or non-use of the intellect. Mind and intellect are the two equipments that propel human activity. The body can't act on its own. So the action comes from either the mind or the intellect. Person is passive when he acts on the mind without the guidance of intellect, whereas he who uses intellect to direct his mind and body to act is classified as an aggressive. So don't take aggressive meaning literally as you understand it in everyday life. All it means is someone who uses their intellect, who thinks before they act. See, a passive person can be good, naturally. He's using his mind, he's acting by his emotions, but he's a good person. His emotions are good. Even a person using his mind, his emotion is, uh, it could be negative. Even though he doesn't have an intellect, he's only acting on his mind. But his desires, everything is negative. He's cheating people and so on. Lying even though he's a passive person. 
We had examples, didn't we, in class of remember. So Gandhiji was aggressively good. So, so. No, I'm just saying when we when we covered this aspect in class, we were kind of talking about people who were aggressively good, and we were saying like um, Gandhiji was aggressively good. Um, Hitler was seen to be aggressively bad. Um, I'm not sure about passively good and passively bad. I'm not sure. Can class members remember that attended? Um, I think um, if, if we're thinking of in this day and age, Trump would be aggressively <laughs> bad, some would say. So Krishna is what? Aggressively good or aggressively bad? What, how would we categorize Krishna? Aggressively good. Aggressively good. How would we... Um, Arjuna? Aggressively good. Passive good. Passive good. Yeah. So he needed the help of Krishna to win the battle. So Krishna acted as his intellect, pointing him to the direction of what he needed to do. As Sittal said, Gandhiji was aggressively good. He used his intellect. He didn't do any actions, but his ideas were aggressively good. Serve humanity, serve the country, free the nation from the British. And it was him who, who did that because of his thinking. Ahimsa, let's not fight back. They will leave. Nelson Mandela. So these are all aggressively good people. So the knowledge of this knowledge helps you become a good person, helps you develop your intellect, to become an aggressively good person. See, the, throughout history, the aggressive people always overpower the passive people. The passive are always trodden on. So that's why they say, don't let let yourself be in that position. If you develop yourself, then you can also take control of your life. Otherwise, the passive people are always taken advantage of in all societies of life. Because they don't think. They act by the mind, the emotions. Yeah, Ravi. I was actually going to say, um, both the examples of Gandhi and um, Nelson Mandela is actually good because they started off being quite passive and as the intellect kicked in they studied and they changed obviously for aggressive good but that's quite i mean now thinking about it more and listening to some of the recent stuff that's coming up they all went through a path of ignorance i will call it to where they are today so it's not as if you know for us that well for me for 50 something trying to get my head around it it's quite challenging, but when you reflect on it, 
some of the stuff that we've been taught, I mean, most of the people in our Samaj here, is actually not wrong. It's just that we were never explained. Or, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So the, the passive becomes victims of the bad. That's why honest do not prosper and bad prospers. Because they always become victims. So that's why the passive have to develop the intellect too, to become aggressively good. Only then they can overcome the bad. See, even Arjuna, he had to develop and, be, and become aggressively good in order to fight the battle and beat his cousins and Duryodhan. They were aggressively bad. Duryodhan himself was aggressively bad. His, his people following him may not be aggressively bad. His uncles, his grandparents, they may not have been aggressively bad, his guru. But they had no choice because in those days they followed the leader. Whatever the leader said, they did. It's like in an army, the general or the corporal or whatever, whoever lays the rules, everyone has to follow, even if they agree or disagree. Similarly, the Redan was an aggressively bad person. Whatever he, he decided, they had to follow even if they agree to disagree. So you can't say all of them were aggressively bad. The rhythm was aggressively bad. He plotted and how to win the battle, how to cheat them out of their kingdom. No, that's good. Thank you. So studying the scriptures helps in learning the right values of life. So by practicing and following those values, you become a good person. At the same time, you develop your intellect. Therefore, with a little effort, you can also raise yourself from wherever you are to become an aggressively good person. What's the difference? It's just values. You have good values. You practice unselfishness after you, that idea in life, understand everyone is, acts based on their vastness. Like we covered in the last class, you have, may have more negativity, more, ba more badness in you than other people, but you can't see it. So developing on your own personality, developing your own personality. And we've got all the literature to do that. Only thing stopping you is yourself. So they're telling you how to do it, what to do. But you have to put in the effort. I can't do it for you. They can't, the scriptures can't do it for you. They can only give it to you. You have to take it and do what you want with it. I think the hardest thing is putting it into practice. You may do your reading in the morning. It makes perfect sense or whatever time of the day you're reading it. But putting that into practice when you come across different situations in your life, I think that is the hardest thing. It's, it's because we're conditioned. We haven't been practicing all our life. And we're now middle age, a lot of us. But no, in different walks of life, yeah. Uh, That's why. Not in just religion. So we have to change our attitude. We have to decondition us, our um, conditioning. This is what we have to do, decondition our conditioning. Be aware of our conditioning, first of all. 
Let's first of all be aware of our conditioning. I am a conditioned person. My mahat, my external environment has conditioned me to be this person. Now, the scriptures are telling me this, how that this is going to help me decondition myself. So getting, deconditioning yourself of all the things that you think you already know. You have to get rid of that first. Then start from scratch. And yes, you're absolutely right. It is hard. It is difficult. But it's not The daily reflection is a very good start, I find. Yeah. So just before going to bed, you know, I spend like six or seven minutes like we did from the Sunday class recommended yeah. just, just thinking of what actions we did today without judging them to make you think do that for a couple of weeks and then your intellect will be available to you before the action yeah. let's say you get angry all the time everything irritates you you do the reflection you understand i, I was angry at this person for whatever reason and you find that daily you're doing the same in the same reflection, you're, you're, the same thing crops up. Next time, within a few weeks, before you get angry, it, you, you remember, actually, I'm going to get angry. I shouldn't become angry. This is how it works. Your conscience pricks you. What are you doing? That's the way, that's the start. It allows your present intellect to be available to you in everyday life. It starts with that. There's no, no waking up early for that. It's just five minutes before you go to bed. And don't, don't anyone say, I can't do that. I don't, I don't have time for that. Five minutes. Remember, don't go into the action itself. Don't quantify it as good or bad. Just go for the process. Start with that. And then slowly practice picking up the book when you wake up. You don't have to shower or anything. Just 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Make yourself a cup of coffee. Just sit in a corner. Make sure you choose the same place all the time. Quiet spot. And choose the same place. Make that your designated spot for learning, for reading. And then just 10, 15 minutes, go over, whatever. You'd be surprised how quickly you'll develop. It's just how you just haven't practiced, that's why. So can I ask you, so you said decondition our condition. So I'm gonna choose an example like a trait, what I might regard as selfishness in maybe say someone else. How would you decondition that condition that makes you feel that that's a selfish act. And we are learning to be unselfish in through these classes. Um, are you talking about your own actions or somebody else's? Somebody else's that you perceive as being selfish. Okay. So you know, what you, if I'm understanding correctly, what you're saying is if someone is being selfish, what, what should you do about it? Is that what you're saying? Do you, because you've been conditioned to think that that is a selfish act. Um, and you're also learning that actually you shouldn't place your own values on something else, someone else, because 
they have a different set of values, so they will not con consider that as selfish. However, in some ways, it is a selfish act and it may be affecting you. So then how would you, you know, get around that? Okay, that's a good practical question. How would she, how would she, what would she do? She's at work, someone's acting selfishly. Not, not, work, not putting in the same effort as other people. And I'm quite aware that my action could also be considered by another person as selfish, though. It, it's, I'm not just talking about, the, you know, others or... But the, but the issue here is, Anabin, that you see someone who's being selfish and it's agitating you, correct? And this is the problem. It's the agitation that we're talking about. What is it? What can we do? I found it helpful, obviously, going through the exercise to pause before, oh, you know, you do get agitated. Um, I, I was going to actually say earlier on, how do you deal with people, you know, putting it, that you will look at and say, where's the common sense gone? Sometimes you say that. Mm -hmm. But I realise now that when you look at the other party and it's how you react, and when I'm pausing, it's allowing me to think internally, did I... One, am I causing that situation? Or secondly, why would why am I letting that third party agitate me? Basically, not giving that thought of mine and spending that time to reflect on how I would react. Thank you. Anybody else? Damish. We, we need to learn to react and to cause the agitation for ourselves. I beg your pardon? Because at the end of the day, I, I, I was speaking to my wife about this, and like I, I tell her, like, you know, whatever you do is your desires, and it's for me to deal with that desire and how I react to it. So if I don't react to it, it's not causing me agitation anymore. And that's the hardest part. It's for my intellect to stop it. So, okay, anybody else? Because you can't to... stop other people's desires. Absolutely. Anybody else wants to add anything? Think of the last class, Sunday's class. Sorry, I wasn't at the last class. Uh, it's probably here. Hi, Andy. Yeah. Um, I was just saying um, we can't change other people's beliefs and the way they. Um, you know, perceive things because whatever's going on in their mindset or whatever they think is from their experiences, life experience and their beliefs and that's fine. But we can change the way we deal with it. And um, it's always about us, how we deal with it. We try and put the blame game. So he said this, she said that, take back our power and take that responsibility and put it ownership on us. And then we can do something about it because if we start blaming people, we've taken away the fact we can do something about it. He said that I'm like this because she said that I'm like this because he ripped me off or whatever. And But if we take that thing, this is why it's happened and it's happened, but I need to deal with it and I need to get my mindset right to deal with it. Um, it's more uh, effective, I find, yeah. Thank you. So last class we covered, lack of assessment. I used, I gave, I used yourself as an example, if you remember. If anything irritates you, agitates you, your partner, your friend, your colleague at work or whatever, we said, whose fault is it? 
Bernabette, you are there. Whose fault is it? I'm going to say, I hope she's not going to say it's mine or, you know, the person. <laughs> Surely sometimes there has to be a percentage of the other person's. Yeah, but what did we say? Everyone acts based on their? Vasanas, yeah. And they control that? I did think about that. They have no control over it. Everyone acts based on their nature. A selfish person doesn't know he's selfish. It takes an unselfish person to recognize that trait. See, relatively, you could be a selfish person compared to someone less selfish than you. Your husband could be completely unselfish. But you're comparing yourself to someone who's more selfish. Ultimately, everyone is selfish. It's just different degrees. It's that story of the monkey, mother monkey. Floods coming into the village demolishing everything in its path. So this mother monkey has three babies and it scampers on a tree to save herself and the babies. But the flood is rising all the time. It's come up to the bottom of the tree and the monkey is agitated now, what to do, what to do. The water's rising, rising, rising. It comes up to the mother's feet. What does the mother do? Put one of the babies and steps on that. The water still rising, puts a second baby there, third baby there. Ultimately, everyone wants, everyone is selfish. Everyone will only save themselves at the end. So we're all selfish, relatively. It's just different degrees. But the whole idea, the whole spiritual development is to become unselfish. See, the minute you start becoming unselfish, you become spiritual because you're not thinking of yourself, you're thinking of others. And when you're not thinking of yourself, what happens? Did, yeah. hmm? You're blessed. You're what? You're in bliss, aren't you? You're in bliss. Your desires, you don't, you're not creating new desires. Because you're constantly thinking of others, not of yourself. When you think of yourself, you're creating new desires. But when you're thinking of others, this is karma yoga. As you become more and more unselfish, you think only of others. And as you think of others, you're not creating new desires. And the whole spiritual path is to reduce your desires. So the key to spiritual development is being unselfish. To become unselfish, you need to learn how to be unselfish. Practice. That means studying the scriptures because it talks about thinking of others. Don't think of yourself. So, to your question. If someone's being selfish in your office, your home, friend circle, whatever, that's their nature, that's their trait. They're not privy to knowledge you're gaining, learning how to be unselfish, how to, how to um, understand that everyone 
is different. They don't understand that. So the more you understand that, the less it will bother you. People will be the way they are based on their nature. Worry about yourself. How can I become one's body? That's their trait. Rise above it. It's not easy. That's the challenges of life. If we go back to the original aggressively good, aggressively bad, passively good and passively bad, mm. and selfishness comes into it, doesn't yeah. it? Because if we're thinking of... If we're thinking about our original um, topic that we discussed about aggressively good and aggressively bad and the passively good and the passively bad, if we're thinking of the two examples, for example, uh, Gandhiji and Nelson Mandela, we would say that um, they were totally unselfish because they were thinking of the nation and not themselves. And if we're, they, they experienced real hardships in order for the nation to become independent. Um, and had they been selfish and passively good, they probably wouldn't have succeeded. But because they were unselfish and aggressively good, we can say that it led to the independence of their nation. But it was that identification again. So this is the this is the development we need to do. Become unselfish. Give your last roller. <laughs> You've seen the advert, isn't it? It starts with the smaller stuff, isn't it? Start with the smallest things. As Sil said, give your last rollo. Now you're practicing unselfishness. Is that okay? Just concentrate on yourself, nobody else. If you develop yourself, everyone will develop with you. You can't change the world, but you can change yourself, as Prabhu said. Oh, Michael Jackson, the man in the mirror. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, any other clarifications? Any other clarifications? Oraman, any other? Questions since you're reading the book. It's a good, uh, not everyone has read that started from the beginning of this uh, book, by the way. Just like yourself, other people have joined in various uh, st um, stages. So it's good that you come up with these questions because it helps everybody else as well. I think the podcast that I'm listening to on the um, intellect one. Um, All of the human intellect. Yeah, that's absolutely really, really good. I, I think I'd like to revisit it again. Um, it's just, I, I just keep coming up thinking every time, this is really good. Yeah, amazing, amazing stuff, you know. But uh, like I said, you know, it's just about putting all of this into practice 
and you try, you make an effort, and sometimes you succeed and sometimes you don't. So you're succeeding before you weren't succeeding at all. Now at least sometimes you're succeeding. I'd like to think I was succeeding a little bit before too. <laughs> no, I mean being agitated, I'm talking about. Uh, at least um, now, at least yeah, now that's can, true. That's true. Yeah, now you can say, okay, yeah, I'm not going to let You that think person. about it a lot more. Yeah. And you've got the book now as well, The Fall of the Human Intellect, mm. so you can follow it by reading as well, which will add another dimension mm. to your study. Thank you. Anybody else? Any other clarifications? So Prabha has just joined us for the first time. Uh, we went to Mount Kailash. We were on the same trip to Mount Kailash. And that's where we met. So we, we met a couple of weeks ago and uh, we told her about this class. So that's why she's joined us today. Um, but her, myself, Sittal, we, we did a arduous journey to Kailash. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and I've been listening to that, uh, and I mentioned uh, the fall of the human being. Very good, again, uh, like I've been said, yeah, very good. Good. Okay, well, next Sunday we shall meet, if there's no more questions. And uh, like I said, have a strong cup of coffee before you join, and don't miss the beginning, because uh, this is it's going to be quite deep. You have to put your thinking caps on. Instead of the, can I just recommend it? Instead of the strong cup of coffee, I'm doing yoga just before your class. If they want to join me, they're more than welcome to join me. <laughs> my life. She's a yoga teacher, Prabha. Ah, send us a link then, please. Yeah, so I have a page to Prabha Halai Yoga. Um, it's so, on the group. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, so more than welcome. So we'll do it a bit early because we'll be ready for your session. So it starts at 10.30, is it? Yeah. Yeah, so we can we can do it a little bit early. So I'll send you the link if anyone wants to join you, you're more than welcome. She's from Bolton. She lives in Bolton. So if you want to be relaxed, you can do her yoga class before the uh I'll, I'll wake them all up, don't worry, and we can be a bit more alert and get those brain cells going. Good, good. Sittle's going, yeah, I'll be there. Do it. <laughs> I'll put the link in. Thanks, guys. Lovely to meet you. <laughs> What type of yoga do you do? Um, so I do Hatha yoga, um, oh. but I've actually studied Iyengar. I don't I still know do much it. about yoga, so sorry, oh, I can't say There's a breathing that. as well, you know, like a lot of like Ramdev Swami style people, or usually Asians usually know that kind of style. So I do a bit of breathing as well as obviously the physical posture. But like um, Andy says, it's not just about the physical posture, it's the mind, body and soul connection. And like the Western people teach it just as a physical exercise, but we want to go obviously deeper and obviously the work Andy's doing with us, I think it all kind of will be really good um, to connect it all together. Okay, thank you. Try her class out. Okay, guys, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you very much. And great questions. Thank you, Arunabin, for the questions. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So, no, thank you for everybody's contributions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.